You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Scott Cullen. Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You have 15% off your next order. So for the season previews, uh, this year we've done a, a topic and a preview of one American League and one National League team uh, every day. And today we have the final previews. Uh, today's episode, I'm going to go do rookies uh, that could have an impact during the 2021 season before breaking down the Toronto Blue Jays and Washington Nationals. Uh, and so, without any delay, let's take a look at the rookies. And first one is Wander Franco, who's the unanimous, it seems, best uh, prospect in baseball. Uh, shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and it seems inevitable that he's going to be a star. And the question really is how long the Rays are going to make uh, Franco wait. Uh, and this is really a, a really healthy thing for a sport uh, that teams are incentivized to artificially uh, delay the start of a star player's career. Uh, but in 2019, Franco hit 327, had an 885 OPS in A-ball. He walked 56 times and struck out just 35. You know, it's not ideal that he didn't have somewhere to play last season, but uh, the 20-year-old is going to be ready soon. It's just going to be a matter of uh, where uh, he ends up playing. Does he does he play third base uh, at Tampa in Tampa Bay or... Uh, does he end up staying at shortstop? Um, but uh, he's going to be ready soon, uh, and then the Rays can worry about uh, shuffling the other bodies uh, around uh, to adjust for Franco. Uh, staying in Tampa Bay, Randy Arozarena, uh, the left fielder. Expectations are obviously going to be sky high for Arozarena, given how he finished last season. He hit 17 home runs and 162 plate appearances uh, between the end of the regular season and the playoffs. Um, now, he may not be Babe Ruth, um, but he could hit you 30 plus home runs. So uh, as, as a rookie, that's a pretty big impact. Uh, Kibrian Hayes uh, from Pittsburgh, 24 year old son of former major leaguer, Charlie Hayes uh, announced his presence uh, in the majors last season with a flourish. He hit 376, had five home runs and 1124 OPS. You know, it's not, un- it's not reasonable to expect him to continue like that, uh, but he could be an impact player for the pirates and goodness, if he's an impact player, it'll stand out uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, now for a pitcher, Ian Anderson uh, in Atlanta uh, had a 1.95 ERA, 1.08 WHIP, 11.4 strikeouts per nine, and six starts for the Braves during the regular season. He ran into some control issues in the postseason, uh, but still, uh, in 18 and two-thirds uh, innings in the playoffs, he had a 0.96 ERA and 1.13 WHIP, so it wasn't that bad. Um, the Braves do have uh, a supporting cast that should allow Anderson to thrive in his first full major league season. He He's middle of the rotation. He's got a, a team that will score runs for him. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that Ian Anderson's going to uh, have quality fantasy numbers by the end of this season. And there's Sixto Sanchez uh, in Miami. Uh, in seven starts last season, Sanchez had a 3.46 ERA, 1.21 whips, 7.6 strikeouts per nine. Given how hard he throws, he, he, can, he can touch 100 miles an hour on the gun. That strikeout rate should go up. Uh, and Sanchez does have a chance to be a frontline starting pitcher. Now there's some news today about him being uh, you know, sent to the, uh, to the alter- alternate training site uh, for, for the Marlins, but uh, I, don't, I don't imagine that that's a long-term thing. At least I wouldn't expect it to be. Uh, 
So then ne- next up, we've got Jared Kellenick, uh, outfielder for Seattle. And now it's only a matter of time before Kellenick uh, is playing every day uh, in the Mariners outfield. But the problem is the Mariners are the ones who determine that timeline. Uh, and as, as we've seen uh, in some of their comments, that, that they maybe don't always have their players' best interest to, uh, at heart. Um, now, Kellenick didn't play last season, uh, but... In 2019, he had 500 plate appearances across three levels in the minors, hit 23 home runs, stole 20 bases, hit 291 with a 904 OPS. Like there's star potential there. Uh, And so you you would expect him to end up playing uh, fairly soon uh, in Seattle. And there's Cleveland uh, right-hander Tristan McKenzie. He missed all of 2019, uh, but he's a long and lean right-hander and was pretty impressive in in a small sample in 2020. Had a 3.24 ERA, 0.90 whip, 11.3 strikeouts per nine. Now, Cleveland may be careful with McKenzie's uh, innings uh, in 2021, but uh, it's entirely possible that he'll be as good as any rookie pitcher. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle for Baltimore. Uh, played in, in left field last season, but should be at first base uh, this year. Uh, he hit 333 with an 878 OPS in 140 plate appearances for, for Baltimore last season. He's not likely to keep that average because it was kind of built on an inflated batting average on balls in play, but... Even if his batting average regresses, uh, Mountcastle can hit 20-plus home runs. Uh, and uh, what was, I guess, more encouraging is that he had a better approach uh, in the major leagues than he did in the minors. He, he had, was much more disciplined. Uh, and so if he can continue like that, uh, Mountcastle should uh, deliver some numbers. Uh, how about uh, St. Louis outfielder Dylan Carlson? Only hit 200 with a 616 OPS and 119 plate appearances last season, but he was probably rushed into action a little before he was ready. Uh in double A and triple A in 2019, he combined to hit 26 home runs, steal 20 bases while hitting 292 with a 914 OPS. And that is a 20 year old. And so uh, you can you can certainly project Carlson to, uh, to putting up some serious numbers. Uh, the question is whether he'll be ready to do that this season or, or whether it's a little further down the road. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, first baseman in DH for the Chicago White Sox. Now, the long term injury to Eloy Jimenez could open the door for Vaughn to start the year in Chicago. Uh, he was the third pick in the 2019 draft and has potential to be a legit power threat. And again, in the same sort of discussion with Carlson is uh, Vaughn should be uh, this power threat. Uh, we just don't know how soon uh, that he'll be a legit power threat in the major leagues. Uh, staying in Chicago, uh, second baseman Nick Madrigal. Now he hit 340 in 109 plate appearances last season, but <laughs> it was the slappiest of slap hitter seasons. He had 35 hits, only three doubles. Those were the only extra base hits he had. Uh, out of that uh, 35 hit uh, sample, so he ran all he ran more in the minor leagues. Uh, so there's some chance that Madrigal uh, can add some steals to uh, his repertoire. He's not just going to be a batting average uh, guy, but uh, if you are looking for somebody who's going to be able to help that that one specific category, uh, that does seem to be uh, an area where Madrigal should should have some success. Now, uh, Seattle starting pitcher Logan Gilbert was the 14th pick in the 2018 draft. Uh, he should not be too far away from the majors. He didn't pitch last year, but his 2019 was really impressive. He had 26 starts across three levels of the minors, ending in double A. He had a 2.13 ERA, 0.95 whip, 11 strikeouts per nine. Now, the Mariners do have some good major league pitching depth, uh, but they don't have guys who are ace caliber starters, and it looks like Gilbert uh, is closer to that. Uh, Young Kim, uh, infielder for San Diego. Uh, he... Played shortstop in Korea, uh, but uh, it looks like he's going to be playing at, at second base uh, more likely for the Padres. Uh, and look, last year in Korea, he had 30 home runs, had a 921 OPS. Uh, he may need some time to adjust to the majors, uh, but he does have potential. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over. The college basketball tournament is winding up, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Major League Baseball just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So continuing with uh, rookies to watch in the 2021 season, uh, let's go to Toronto with Nate Pearson, who tantalizes with a fastball that runs past 100 miles per hour. He has tons of upside, uh, but he's had trouble staying healthy and wasn't really effective in 18 innings last season. Uh, so it doesn't mean you have to race out to get Nate Pearson uh, in a redraft league right now. Uh, sure, feel free to add him, uh, pick him in the later rounds, but uh, no need to build your uh, fantasy rotation around him either. Uh, Boston corner infielder Bobby Dahlbeck uh, plays more at first base, but he can also play third. Uh, he's a power hitter who can hit 30 home runs, also might have some issues with batting average. Uh, he had eight home runs and 92 plate appearances uh, for the Red Sox last season, uh, and 11 of his 21 hits went for extra bases. Now, if he hits like that, uh, yes, you definitely need to have Bobby Dahlbeck, but uh, sort of beware that the, the batting average is going to be a bit of a risk. Uh, then there's Baltimore catcher Adley Rutschman, who was the first overall pick in 2019. Now, he's only played 37 games in the low minors, so they don't necessarily need to rush him, but um, and, and he didn't put up huge numbers in, in those 37 games. So he, he might need a little time before he's, he's ready. Uh, to get his promotion to the major leagues. And, and certainly Baltimore is not in a position to rush anyone uh, to the majors. So uh, Rutschman is more a case of, you know, keep an eye on him, see, see how things uh, go early in the season. And maybe, maybe he's going to be in line to get called up. Uh, and at which point, if, he, if he's actually a, a catcher who can legitimately hit, uh, that's, uh, that's going to have value. Uh, Philadelphia starting pitcher, Spencer Howard. Uh, had a 5.92 ERA and a 1.64 whip in six starts for the Phillies last season. That obviously doesn't sound very, very good. Uh, but he was incredible in 2019 as he climbed through the minors. He had 15 starts, had a 2.03 ERA, 0.85 whip uh, with 11.9 strikeouts per nine. And you, know, you can't uh, you can't ask for much more than that out of a prospect. And so if uh, if that's where uh, what Howard, if you look at, at that as sort of a, a building block for him, a, a foundation for uh, for what he should be able to do in the major leagues, uh, then you can look at last season's six starts and, and figure that he's going to get better uh, w- with more time. Uh, Leody Tavares, center fielder for Texas, may not hit enough to have great fantasy value. He hit 227 with a 703 OPS last season, but he also stole eight bases uh, in 33 games. So if he could put up 30-plus steals, that would give Tavares fantasy appeal. Uh, you just hope that maybe you get 30-plus steals and hit you 260 instead of 227. Uh, Alex Kirilov, outfielder from Minnesota, who uh, has been sent down uh, shortly before the season here. He's a 2016 first-round pick uh, who's, who's knocking on the door, uh, but he didn't hit very well in spring training, and he, he did appear in last year's playoffs, uh, but he, he may not be too far off uh, from getting called back up. 
Uh, then there's White Sox pitcher Michael Kopech. Hasn't pitched since 2018 uh, due to Tommy John surgery, and then he opted out of the 2020 season. Uh, but before that, uh, he was hitting triple digits on the gun. Uh, and if he could get back to uh, something something like that, um, he has a high ceiling. And, you know, the long term, there's there's still some value in Michael Kopech. Thing is, right now, he may not be in the in the White Sox rotation to start the season. Uh, so kind of until that happens, you may not really realize his fantasy value. A uh, few others that uh, that may have uh, value at some point uh, this season. Uh, Davey Garcia uh, for the Yankees, given given all the uh, the injury history of, of the starting pitchers behind Garrett Cole in the Yankees rotation. Uh, Garcia seems likely to get uh, a fairly regular turn uh, in the rotation for them. Uh, Luis Patino uh, with Tampa Bay. Now, starting pitchers in Tampa Bay tend not to get used very much, but uh, Patino is reasonably promising, uh, and he came over as part of the Blake Snell trade. Uh, and Christian Pache, the uh, center fielder for Atlanta, who's known more for his glove. Uh, but if his glove is good enough to get him uh, in the lineup every day, uh, then Pache might have a chance to uh, to put up some numbers. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is an incredible low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. In today's matchup, the looking for the last spot in the flavorful four, uh, coming from the enticing eight, uh, and so we have caramel brownie against coconut brownie chunk. The coconut uh, built bars are extremely popular, uh, which is tough for me because I'm not really a coconut guy, uh, and so I'm going to ride with caramel brownie, uh, push hard and hope for the upset, uh, but I, I have my doubts, uh, so we will cheer on caramel brownie in their hope to get to the uh, to the flavorful four uh, but as always there are no losers uh, in built bar madness so go to builtbar.com or to at bar underscore built on twitter remember use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB Today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so let's get to our last two uh, team previews. And we'll start in the American League with Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, now this is a team, a young team on the rise, sort of has been on the cusp uh, here with this young talent, and it seems that this year should be a year uh, they break through. Uh, and had, we had quite a few uh, Blue Jays on on my list of potential breakthrough players, and you know there should be some serious fantasy value to be had here. Um, start with shortstop Bo Bichette, uh, who might be a third or fourth rounder. Missed half of last season, but in 340 career plate appearances, Bichette has 16 home runs, eight stolen bases, hitting 307 with an 896 OPS. Like he has star potential. Uh, in a full season in 2021, uh, could unlock it for all to see. Maybe center fielder George Springer, uh, maybe in the fourth or fifth round. He's Toronto's big ticket free agent. Uh, doesn't have the stereotypical leadoff hitter's profile, uh, but he gets on base. Uh, and instead of stealing bases, he hits bombs. Uh, Springer has 53 home runs in the past two seasons. That ranks ninth in baseball. Um, first baseman, Vlad Guerrero Jr. 
maybe in the sixth round or so. Uh, his first two seasons have been fine. Uh, he has 24 home runs, a 269 batting average, 778 OPS, and 757 plate appearances. But Guerrero was supposed to be way better than fine. He destroyed minor league pitching. He's still just 22 years old and reportedly in better shape this year. So if he busts out, and I think he probably does, then Guerrero's career should be back on track, at least to, to where those lofty expectations were before he reached the majors. Uh, second baseman, Marcus Semien, maybe maybe around the eighth round. Uh, durable infielder who, who had a career year in 2019, then slumped in 2020. Now he's moving to second base from shortstop, uh, but it's fair to at least expect better from him compared to last season because uh, his 2018 and 2019 seasons were uh, were quite productive, uh, and then 2020 was sort of went sideways. Uh, at third base, Kevin Biggio, maybe a 10th round pick. He, he's played 159 career games, uh, has 24 home runs, 20 stolen bases, a 240 batting average, and 798 OPS. There's potential for big things for Biggio. Uh, the only real question uh, is batting average. Uh, and so if if he hits you know 250, 260, well, then you're in great shape. If he ends up uh, hitting 230, well, that, that's a little bit of a, a ding against him. But uh, he's going to contribute uh, no matter what. And really, if, if you have an on-base percentage league, he's totally fine. Uh, left fielder, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., maybe a mid-round pick, maybe even a little sooner. Uh, he's just scratching the surface, it seems. In the past two seasons, though, he has 567 plate appearances, 31 home runs, nine stolen bases, hitting 289 with an 874 OPS. Uh, right now, he also has some infield eligibility. I think the, the Jays look like they're planning on playing him in the outfield uh, regularly. Um, and I guess they, they usually plan on that, but sometimes uh, they need to move him in at uh, uh, shortstop or second base uh, in a pinch, and maybe that will still happen. Uh, but uh, expect Guriel to, to hit well enough to uh, handle a corner outfield spot too. Uh, then there's outfielder DHT Oscar Hernandez, probably a, a mid-round pick too. He's maybe not the most well-rounded player, uh, but in 671 plate appearances in the past two seasons, he's got 42 home runs. Uh, so uh, you can sort of set your focus on T. Oscar Hernandez. You need home runs, he, he can deliver. Uh, DH, Rowdy Tellez. Now you're looking at a late-round pick here because the main concern with Tellez is playing time. Uh, he has 536 plate appearances the past two seasons, and he has 29 home runs. Uh, that makes him intriguing right there. It's just a question of, uh, is he going to find enough at bats uh, between DH and, and first base and you know, pinch hitting? That, that can be tough, uh, given you know the other talent here on the, on the Jays roster. Like uh, You don't expect that Vlad Guerrero is going to be sitting too often for Rowdy Tellez. Uh, then there's right fielder, uh, Randall Grichuk, who's probably good for 30 home runs uh, and a suspect batting average. Now, he hit 273 last season in a, in a short season, uh, but he's... 246 for his career uh, and sort of has a history of uh, getting off to <laughs> abysmal starts uh, and then sort of clawing his way back to uh, to mediocrity. Uh, then we've got a few, uh, well, it's really the catchers uh, where there's, you know, more question marks there in, in terms of offense. You know, Danny Jansen, had, there were higher hopes for his offense, I think, when he was coming up. Uh, and he has 22 home runs and 626 career plate appearances. He's also a 208 career hitter. Uh, it's pretty tough to overcome that, even even at catcher, uh, for fantasy value. Uh, and so, if Jansen can't do the job, Alejandro Kirk uh, might steal some playing time. Uh, he looks like a bowling ball, uh, but he's a bowling ball that hit 315 with a 918 OPS in the minors. And so, as I've said about, there are a few positions where if you're a legit hitter, uh, you immediately have fantasy value, and catcher is definitely one of them. So, if Kirk ends up uh, getting regular playing time or even sharing time, uh, he might have 
uh, fantasy appeal because it appears that he's a legit hitter. Now to the Blue Jays pitching staff, uh, which is uh, not quite as uh, encouraging as their bats. Uh, Hyunjin Roo, maybe in, maybe in fourth or fifth round, uh, his past three seasons, he's made 56 starts, has a 2.30 ERA, 1.04 whip, and 8.8 strikeouts per nine. Like legit ace numbers. The strikeout uh, numbers are a touch low, uh, but and he's, and he's likely to have that ERA uh, drift up a little bit um, because predicting anybody for a 2.30 ERA is a, a risky business. Uh, but Rue is uh, a pretty good anchor for that rotation. Uh, after that, lots of question marks. Uh, there's Robbie Ray, uh, maybe a mid-round pick. Uh, he's got a bruised elbow right now, um, but he's teased with strikeout numbers basically for his entire career. He's throwing up 12 strikeouts per nine. Uh, and But his ERA and whip uh, tend to get high because he has control problems. And uh, he's, had, he's had a good spring, and so he, this is... This is the kind of tease that uh, if you're if you're willing to kind of take a chance and uh, you might get a guy who gets you 200, 250 strikeouts if he manages to stay in the rotation all year. Uh, but you're running a whole risk there is that, you know, if he walks seven batters per nine innings, he's not going to last in the rotation all year either. Uh, Nate Pearson, who we talked about in the, the rookie segment, you know, he teases with that velocity, uh, but uh, still having trouble staying healthy. Uh, and he wasn't great uh, even before getting hurt last season. So uh, you don't really know uh, what you're getting out of Pearson. Now it's still worth uh, a mid-round pick you know, on potential. Uh, he's also dealing with a strained groin right now, as I said. He's had trouble staying healthy. Uh, and so uh, you're, you're kind of running with Pearson as a sleeper, uh, late round, mid to late round flyer uh, at this point. Uh, then we've got uh, Stephen Matz, who was awful in 2020. A 9.680 ERA, 1.70 whip. I mean, believe it or not, there's a world in which Matt's has fantasy value in 2021. Uh, probably not enough to take him in, in most drafts, uh, but he had sort of varying amounts of success prior to 2020. Uh, and so if, if he could get back to pitching just like that, uh, there's you know a, a path to Stephen Matz being a, a useful uh, fantasy pitcher at some point in 2021, even if it's just for streaming. Uh, but... Given, given his 2020 season, uh, you can kind of take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, also, there's Ross Stripling, who struggled in 2020 as well. But before that, uh, he had a 3.60 ERA, 1.20 whip, and 8.8 strikeouts per nine in, in a swing roll with the Dodgers. Well, if, if Stripling could even approach those numbers, that would be extremely valuable uh, for the Blue Jays. So we'll, we'll see whether or not Stripling can kind of work his way into uh, being a real regular in the rotation. Uh, but... Uh, it would certainly help, uh, given all the question marks they have. Uh, there's Tanner Rourke, who's an, an inning, innings eater, but he's also probably a few years uh, away from when he was last a viable fantasy pitcher. Uh, you know, you put up an ERA in the mid fours or, or over six, like it, like it has been in, in previous seasons too. Then there, there's nothing to to see there. But uh, if if he ends up pitching and, and the ERA you know slides down under four. Uh, and the other numbers aren't too bad, well, then maybe Rourke has a, a chance uh, to, to have value, but uh, I wouldn't count on it. Uh, right now, because of the injuries to, to Ray and Pearson, Anthony Kay uh, might have a spot in that Jays rotation. Uh, he has a 5.40 ERA and a 1.60 whip in 35 major league innings. Nothing to see here, fantasy fans. Uh, now, the bullpen, with Kirby Yates out for the season, looks like Jordan Romano 
uh, is going to move into the closers role. Now, he had great numbers in 2020, uh, but it was like 14 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he had 1.23 ERA, 0.89 whip. That's terrific. Uh, but such a small sample. Uh, you can hope that he, that Romano builds on that and uh, and can handle the role. If not, Rafael Delis uh, was pretty solid in, in the closers role when he had a chance last season. So uh, some somehow in that combination, the, the Jays will, will find a closer. But uh, Kirby Yates... Uh, would have been uh, a, a more appealing option, I guess, given that uh, prior to injury, he, he was the best closer in baseball. So uh, we'll see, you know, how, how the Jays pitching staff works out. I think, you know, for fantasy purposes, the bats are much more appealing in Toronto. Now let's take a look at the Washington Nationals. We're just plowing through here to finish this off. Uh, so the, the top bat in Washington is Juan Soto, uh, of course. Uh, probably a top four or five pick in, in most formats or all formats. Uh, and he had a ridiculous 2020. Hit 351 with 1185 OPS. Had 13 home runs and 196 plate appearances. He's one of the top handful of players, uh, and that even might be underselling him. Uh, the fantasy value for Soto could be undercut a tiny bit because he doesn't steal a ton of bases, uh, but you know that's kind of picking the smallest of nits. Uh, then there's shortstop Trey Turner, who's a late first, early second round uh, player, who's adding more power uh, as his career. Uh, goes on he's twice had seasons in which he stole more than 40 bases last season would have been another season that he was on pace for 30 uh, plus stolen bases and he had three more of those in addition to the 240 stolen base season so he's one of the you know best options uh, if you're looking for a a regular player who might score you 100 runs and uh, put up really elite steal numbers as well Uh, josh bell first baseman now we're down in kind of mid-round territory who had a terrible 2020 season. But 2019, Bell had 37 home runs, 116 RBIs uh, for the Pirates, and those numbers are awfully tempting. Uh, center fielder, uh, Victor Robles, probably another mid-round pick. He struggled in 2020, hit 220 with a 608 OPS. But uh, the year before, had 17 home runs and 28 steals. Yeah, if Robles even you know just got back to doing that, what he did in 2019, that would be uh, quite valuable. Uh, left fielder, Kyle Schwarber, maybe a late-round pick, uh, He's a two-time 30 home run hitter. He's also a 230 career hitter. Uh, so you know what trade-off you'll be making uh, to draft Kyle Schwarber. Uh, third baseman, Starlin Castro, maybe a late-round pick. He's shifted over uh, to third. He's twice hit uh, 20 home runs, uh, but usually doesn't have enough power uh, and doesn't steal a ton of bases. So Castro isn't particularly valuable in fantasy. He ends up being the kind of guy who's there on the waiver wire, and when you need a short-term fix, yeah, you can pull the trigger because he's not really going to hurt you, uh, but doesn't necessarily help you a whole lot either. Uh, then there's second baseman Josh Harrison, who rebounded uh, in 2020 after a pretty tough 2019. Uh, at the same time, he's not the same player that he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, during his best seasons there, he could get you double-digit home runs and double-digit steals, um, and I don't think it's fair to expect that from Harrison now. Uh, and the reason that Castro and Harrison are uh, looking like they're going to be regulars in the lineup is that Carter Kiboom... Uh, isn't really ready to take the third base job. Uh, I think the Nats would like that to be the case, uh, but you just can't trust that uh, that Kiboom can hit. He's struggling in spring training, uh, and in his career, he has a 181 average and 165 plate appearances. So uh, until you're, I guess, confident that Kiboom can uh, can hit enough to play every day, uh, you end up you end up kind of going with patchwork infield uh, in Washington. Uh, catcher, there's Yan Gomes. Uh, who sort of bounced around the fringes of fantasy relevance. I mean, part because you don't have to hit a whole lot to be 
relevant at catcher. Uh, he's had a few seasons with good fantasy numbers and then several others that really not so impressive at all. Uh, and there's Alex Avia who might share some time there at catcher, uh, who's not, not a great fantasy option either. Um, but really, if you, if you have kind of two mediocre catchers splitting time, uh, you can probably find better catcher value elsewhere. Uh, now to the pitching staff, uh, where the, the Nats do have some serious talent. Uh, Max Scherzer, probably still a second or third round uh, pick. He had a 3.74 ERA last season. The last time he had a higher ERA was 2011. He had a 1.38 whip. That was a career high. Um, and he's also 36 years old. So it's not unusual to expect some decline. But Scherzer's previous track record is so good, he's still going to go pretty early in drafts. Uh, then there's Steven Strasburg, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. And he only pitched five innings last season. And the injury risk seems to be omnipresent with him. Um, but if you go to the three seasons prior to last season, uh, he had a 3.15 ERA, 1.07 whip, and 10.7 strikeouts per nine. I mean, Strasburg delivers ace kind of results when he's healthy. Question is, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Also in that, in that fourth and fifth round range is uh, Patrick Corbin who had a really tough season in 2020 at 4.66 ERA, 1.57 whip, 8.2 strikeouts per nine in 11 starts. Um, but the two seasons before that, Corbin had a 3.20 ERA, 1.12 whip, and 10.8 strikeouts per nine. You know, you'd hate to sort of lose the value of those two seasons based on, on a couple of tough months uh, in 2020. So Corbin, I think, is still uh, worthy of a, a fairly early pick. Uh, then the back end of the rotation is probably not... Uh, terribly appealing for fantasy. There's John Lester. Uh, his last two seasons seem to make it look like Lester is probably finished for fantasy purposes. He was still, you know, a quality fantasy pitcher in 2018. He's not a huge strikeout guy. So uh, sort of the uh, the viability of John Lester in, in fantasy baseball uh, might end a little bit sooner than some others because the guy who's getting you seven strikeouts per nine is, is not nearly as appealing. Uh, then there's uh, Joe Ross, who... Showed some promise in 2015 and 2016, uh, but pretty much since then, it's he struggled and and has been injured a lot. And so, I wouldn't have a ton of faith in in Ross. But basically, in the case of Lester and Ross, uh, keep an eye on them and, and see how they're doing early. Uh, and if if there's some positive results, maybe you can grab them off the waiver wire. Uh, as for the bullpen, uh, Brad Hand is probably worth a mid round pick, which you know relatively early for a reliever uh, because. Even though Cleveland uh, didn't want to pick up Hand's option, uh, he had a great season in 2020, uh, and the Nationals end up benefiting uh, because they can add one of the game's best closers, and then Hand still qualifies uh, for that role. Now, it depends on your league on how early you want to take closers and so on, but uh, Brad Hand is one of the better options on the board for sure. So send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. That will do it uh, for the team previews. Uh, as I will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have uh, breaking down the injuries. I think we need to go through all, all uh, major league teams and see who's hurt and who's not and who's filling in uh, as we get ready for uh, the major league season. Uh, also, check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, show that I'm hosting now. Uh, find the podcast, subscribe, rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you get podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Mm-hmm.